Hey, thanks for joining us on the No Limits Church podcast. This is a place to get equipped to make a difference for the kingdom of God. So get ready to be empowered by this message. So if you would have come to No Limits before 2020, I would have been planning my messages months in advance. (laughs) Months in advance. Um, Everything was nicely packaged in a four-part series. I liked it. Um, it was, I like to be prepared. I like to know what's coming, and it was comfortable for me. And y'all, there were plenty of people who would praise me for how organized I was. They're like, wow, that's great. And then 2020 came. I was caught in the middle of society wanting the church to stay closed, the Lord wanting the church to stay open. It wasn't easy, but I followed the Lord. Amen. Best choice I ever made. Little did I know, though, that when I did that, this was an invitation for the Holy Spirit to change everything about the way I was doing ministry. He's like, oh, since you did that, let's do all these other things too. He took full advantage of my yielding to his direction. He's like, now that Kate is saying yes, let's keep pushing him. So despite the pressure of society, I reopened the church after just five weeks of online-only services. Most churches stayed closed for months beyond that, some even well over a year. Uh, But just a few months after this bold move, the Holy Spirit basically said this to me. (laughs) He said, you know that series planning thing that you do? That's cute and all, Uh, but that's not going to work anymore. I'll give you messages one week at a time. I said, but Holy Spirit, you know what's to come. Like, can't you tell me a few months ahead of time? One week at a time. So that's how it's been for over two years now. Most of the time, I don't know what I'm going to be preaching on until the Friday before. That's when he tells me most of the time. Occasionally, he'll let me know a bit earlier in the week, but never more than a week in advance. He's been leading me one week at a time, and really, it's biblical, Found this out later. Uh, Let me show you in two places, although there's many more. Proverbs 16, 9. Darla, this is in the Amplified. This is for you, dear. A man's mind plans his way as he journeys through life, but the Lord directs his steps and establishes them. Sure, you can make plans, all right. Go ahead. But the Lord gives you steps, one at a time. He might show you the destination through prophecy, but what we really need to be listening for is the steps. What is my next step? And the next one, and the one after that. I can remember going on road trips as a kid, and there was always a few rules. First, go to the bathroom before you leave. Second, don't drink very much because we ain't stopping. We had to get to our destination as fast as we could. Anybody been on a road trip like that? We're not stopping to use the restroom. We're not stopping to eat. We're going to suffer all the way to our destination. But at least we got there a few minutes earlier than we would have otherwise. And that's what most Christians do with God. He wants them to stop for a bit and rest. Right? And then stop again over here and rejoice at what God has done. Oh, and and stop over there to minister to that person that wasn't in your plan for the day. But we don't want to stop. We want to get to our destination, and we want to suffer the whole way there. Can I help you? If you're following Jesus, your destination is secure. You're going to make it to heaven. You're going to make it, so you might as well just make a choice to enjoy the journey and trust God with each step. 
And when he tells you to stop for a minute, you stop and say, sweet, we're going to stop. God's only going to give you the next step because truthfully, that's all you can handle. Here's how Jesus would tell it to you. He says, so don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. I think this is a nice way of Jesus telling us you can only handle a day at a time. So quit thinking about tomorrow because it's distracting you from what I need you to do today. Amen. So I used to plan my messages months in advance, but now I wait until the Holy Spirit tells me what to preach. So every time I preach, you're hearing a fresh word that's for this moment, for this congregation. I wouldn't miss very many Sunday services if I were you. I'm serious because each service is giving you that next step through your journey. And receiving it in person has a much greater impact than receiving it online. I'm not saying that you shouldn't watch it online. You can receive from, aren't you thankful that we can put stuff online these days? But there's a special reward for those who show up. And you guys know that. If you've watched a message online or a service online and then you've come to a service, you're like, it's way different to actually be there. It's because the anointing is made manifest as we gather at the same place at the same time. And does anyone want a bonus tip for receiving the most out of Sunday services? How many of y'all just want to extract all you can out of being here? You should. Here it is. You must choose to honor God's assignment on my life as your pastor. Otherwise, this whole thing will end up like Jesus trying to minister to his own hometown. You guys know the story? They didn't receive much of anything, y'all, from Jesus. Because they didn't honor God's calling on his life. They're like, that's just that boy that I knew that grew up. To some of you, I'm just Cade. You watched me grow up, maybe. Maybe you hang out with me on outside of church and you realize that I live life and I eat food and I use the bathroom and I get dressed just like the rest of y'all. I have to clean the kitchen and do the dishes and now take care of chickens. I mean, if your focus is on my humanity, it will hinder what you receive from the anointing that's flowing through me as your pastor. Does that make sense? I mean, you can do what you want to, but if you want to receive all that God has for you through me, you have to choose to honor the assignment that God has given me as your pastor. I didn't choose to pastor because I needed a job. I'd be real hungry if that was the case. I'm here for one reason. God called me to pastor this church, and I know that I'm supposed to be here. The anointing he's given me is remarkable. But here's the cool part. It's for you. I urge you to extract everything God has for you by choosing to honor my position as your pastor because I'd hate for you to leave anything on the table because you're so focused on my humanity. Your expectation should be this. God has something for me that can only come through my pastor. He put my pastor in my life to guide me into the things of God. As Ephesians says, it says, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church, the body of Christ. If you didn't need to be built up, he wouldn't have created, he wouldn't have given you these gifts, right? So my position as your pastor is a gift that Christ gave you. Isn't that interesting? And if you honor the gift you will be fully equipped to do God's work and you will be built up. How many of y'all want to be built up? 
Yes, amen. The church, listen to this, the church cannot reach its full potential unless it honors the gifts that Christ gave it. And as you saw, it's more than just your pastors, the evangelists, the teachers, I mean, all that stuff, the fivefold ministry. But let's start right here where we can all understand because honoring leadership is actually counterculture. What the world teaches you about leadership hinders your life. What the world teaches you about leadership hinders your life. They teach you that you don't need a leader. They teach you to rebel against your parents. They give you many reasons why you shouldn't respect your boss at work. If you follow this foolishness, you'll never reach your full potential. Y'all, this is why we have so many grown adults that still act like toddlers. They stopped maturing because they don't honor the leadership in their life. Here's how God views leadership in Ephesians chapter 6. Slaves, obey your earthly masters with deep respect and fear. Serve them sincerely as you would serve Christ. Try to please them all the time, not just when they're watching you. As slaves of Christ, do the will of God with all your heart. Over and over again, I've heard people say, I don't know God's will for my life. First of all, I really, I'm so glad you're concerned about his will. That's a great first step. There's a lot of people out there who don't even care. But have you taken the time to look at what the word of God reveals about the will of God? And are you doing it? If you aren't following the will of God that is readily available for you in the Bible, don't expect to hear from the Holy Spirit on the things that are not written. I'm going to have to repeat that one because it hits. If you are not following the will of God that is readily available for you in the Bible, don't expect to hear from the Holy Spirit on the things that are not written. If you're looking to be led by the Holy Spirit on the specifics of your life, and I know most of you want that, if not all of you, you must start by following the written will of God. So what is the will of God according to this scripture? Obeying your earthly leaders with deep respect and fear. Serving them sincerely as you would serve Christ. Pleasing them all the time, not just when they're watching. Can I tell you this applies to your boss at work? Even if they're not a believer, even if they're crazy and annoying and all that stuff, this applies to them. So are you following God's will? Is this how you treat your employer? Here's a fun one. Wives, is this how you treat your husband? Teens, is this how you treat your parents? Church, is this how you treat your leaders here? If you aren't following the written will of God, don't expect to hear from the Holy Spirit on the things that are not written. If the Holy Spirit isn't telling you the specifics, it's probably because he's waiting for you to follow the written will of God. Some are going to translate what I just taught as me demanding honor and respect. But I'm not demanding anything of you. I'm simply teaching the word of God and you decide what to do with it. I'm not interested in controlling you. You get to decide. I want you to follow the word because it's the best for your life. But I'm not going to make you follow it. And I was corrected by the Holy Spirit just a few days ago on the same issue. I wasn't welcoming honor when people tried to give it. 
I'd reply something along the lines of, don't give me special treatment. I'm just like everybody else. I thought it was a sign of humility. But really it was a sign of pride because my response was ungodly. True humility is submitting to the word of God. And my behavior was contrary to the word of God. So I now understand that church leaders like myself, they only reach their full potential when the congregation honors them, supports them, and fervently prays for them. And the only way for the congregation to reach their full potential is for the leaders to reach their full potential. Because the leaders are kind of the cap of what's going on here. So it all works together. Until a few days ago, I dismissed a lack of honor. I didn't think it mattered. I don't need my confidence boosted because I'm 100% sure that God called me to do this. So I don't need you to tell me. God already told me. But now I realize that lack of honor is a hindrance. It keeps all of us from reaching our potential. And I don't want anything to get in the way of us reaching our potential. So from now on, I will not make you honor me, but I will welcome it when you do because it pleases God when you honor, support, and pray for your church leaders. Amen? Amen. That was just the intro. Wasn't that good? Did you know that this message was designed by God for you right now? This means that this simple correction that we just made is going to move us into our full potential. It's going to unlock a new door. It's going to take the ceiling off so that we can go ahead. Every message I bring you is a download from heaven for you. I'm not planning these months in advance. I'm listening for what the Holy Spirit wants for this congregation right now. What do you want? What do they need, Lord? And today's no different. And as soon as my eyes open on Friday morning, I heard the Holy Spirit say this. May your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ returns. Clear as day. I heard it. As soon as, I, as soon as my eyes opened. And then just a few, a few moments later, he said this. 1 John 3, 3. I knew what he said the, at first was scripture. I was like, I know that's a scripture. I've heard that before. But I was like, I don't remember it being in 1 John. So I jumped out of bed. I grabbed my Bible, and here's what it says. And all who have their eager expectation, all who have this eager expectation will keep themselves pure. Just as he is pure. The expectation of what? Back up a verse. It's amazing what happens whenever you like take in the full counsel of God's word and don't take it out of context. Back up a verse and here's what you read. Dear friends, we are already God's children. But he has not yet shown us what we will be like when Christ appears. But we do know that we will be like him for we will see him as he really is. And all who have this eager expectation will keep themselves pure just as he is pure. The expectation is of Christ appearing, the coming of Christ. This takes me back to what the Holy Spirit said when I first woke up. And that one's found in 1 Thessalonians 5.23. Now may the God of peace make you holy in every way, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. If we eagerly expect the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, we will keep ourselves pure. Wow. If we dismiss his coming as irrelevant or unimportant, we'll end up living like the world. Last week, I told you that we're coming up on a battle that will be more intense than any of us have ever faced before. And it's, it's coming. 
the devil's implementing his best strategy. His best, he saved the best for last. He's implementing his best strategy to pull you away from your faith. Be aware, be alert. Only those who put on the armor of God will be standing firm at the end of this fight. Go back and listen to my message from last week on YouTube to learn how to put on the armor of God if you need to. But in addition to putting on your armor, here's what the Holy Spirit is urging us today. Stir up your expectation of the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Stir up your expectation of the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ because that is what keeps you pure. Those who eagerly expect Jesus to come soon will keep themselves pure. Their whole spirit and soul and bot, the whole thing, will be kept blameless. Blameless. Until our Lord Jesus Christ returns. He's saying you can be kept blameless right in this life. This isn't for later. You're going to be kept blameless until he returns. Let me read the scripture to you again and highlight one very important aspect of this verse. So now may the God of peace make you holy in every way. And may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. Notice that it says we need to be kept blameless. That means we're holding on to something that we already have. It's already yours. You got to keep it. You're not trying to become blameless. You can't become something that you already are. God is the one who makes you holy in every way. God is the one who makes you holy in every way through the blood of Christ. He gives you holiness, but you're responsible for keeping it. God gives you the gift, but you have to protect it. There was a man who inherited his dad's 1970 Chevrolet Seville LS6 convertible. Woo! Norma Jean would like to have that. The dad treated the car with the respect that it, was, it deserved. It was pristinely perfect. His son loved the car too. It reminded him of his dad. It was one of the most sought after classic muscle cars. It looked good. It was fun to drive. But it wasn't long before the son got his eyes on some of the newer cars on the market. He especially loved the Tesla Model S. So he got one when they first came out in 2012. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> Ben's disappointed. There's only one problem, though. He didn't have room in his garage. So he moved the Chevelle outside. Oh. His life became so busy that he didn't have time for the Chevelle. So it sat in the grass. Year after year after year. Now, the Chevelle doesn't even start. Oh, or their tears are coming down now, right? <laughs> the convertible top is rotting out. Water has been leaking into the cabin for who knows how long. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> the leather seats are ruined. The body's rusting away. He was given the perfect gift, but he didn't keep it up. He meant to, but he got distracted by other things. Life got busy. God has given you holiness. God has given you righteousness, but you are responsible for keeping it up. For keeping it up. It requires your attention or else it will be destroyed by the distractions in your life. 
That's why the Holy Spirit reminds us through the word of God, may your whole spirit and soul and body, not just your spirit. Some people are like, well, your spirit's perfect. That's all that matters. No, God cares about the whole thing. May your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. How do we keep it blameless? Somebody tell me this is hard. By giving our attention to the return of Jesus Christ, by stirring up our expectation of his coming. Well, how long is it going to take? It don't matter because he's coming. It don't matter because he's coming. And we're going to occupy until he comes. Let the Holy Spirit stir you up right now. Anyone want to let the Holy Spirit stir you up? Stand up. Let the Holy Spirit stir you up. So come on, stand up. You can't get stirred up sitting down. Get on your feet. Let the Holy Spirit stir you up. Who's ready for Jesus to come? Who's ready to meet the Lord in the air? How about right now? How about right now? Who wants to be with the Lord forever? Y'all don't think about it enough. I can tell. So I'm so glad you got this message today so that you can think about it and you can stir up your expectation of the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. All right, take a seat because I ain't done yet. (laughs) Praise the Lord. I think we need to stir each other up. You know what? Somebody came, who was that? Somebody came up to me. That was, that was you. You came up to me after service last week when we were talking about the armor of God. And he said, did you realize something? Back when they wore all that armor, they couldn't put it on by themselves. Somebody had to come help them put on that breastplate. Somebody had to come tie their shoes for them. That was so good. And a revelation from the Holy Spirit. You can't do this by yourself. Somebody's going to have to help you put your armor on. Who's your buddy? You got a lot of them in here. Somebody's going to have to stir you up when you get all down in the dumps. Come on, we're going to stir up that joy. We ain't going to stay there. Who's your buddy? Who are you reaching out to whenever you know that you need to be stirred up? How many of y'all know that we know when we need to be stirred up? We know it. All right. Find your buddy. So I want to remind you of our assignment until he comes. This is a prophetic word that I received directly from the Holy Spirit at the beginning of this year. You've heard it several times already. You need to hear it again. Because when the Holy Spirit tells us where we're going, we should say it over and over so we don't forget it. And so we can let it set in. Because the first time we're here, we're like, wow, really us? (laughs) Wow. That's what I said when I first heard this. I was like, really? That big? You want us to do that much? No Limits Church will occupy the city of Owasso until Jesus comes. Our leadership and our influence will make Owasso a safe haven until he comes. We will occupy by owning businesses in Owasso, serving on city council and school board, and having three church locations, one near Highway 75, one near 169, and one on the east side of Owasso. We will become the leading force in Owasso. There will be no other organization that will have the influence that we do, and we will steward the influence well because it's going to be marked by righteousness. I hope that went down a little deeper than it did last time. But don't worry, I'll tell you again. This past Wednesday, during prayer, I received another word from the Lord regarding this vision. And here's what he said. 
the vision has been funded. Funded in the spirit, funded in the natural. Everything needed is readily available. Simply reach in and grab what you need when you need it. Like grabbing something out of a fully stocked pantry. People, finances, God's goodness, healing, miracles, it's all fully stocked. Just reach in and grab what you need when you need it because the vision has been funded. Ha, ha, ha. You know what that means? We're not waiting. (laughs) We're not waiting on the funding. We're not waiting on the resources. It's ready right now. God has made it readily available. We are to reach in and grab what we need when we need it. And that's not just me. That includes all of you because we have to do this together. So you better learn how to access the pantry that's fully stocked and ready for you to reach in and grab what you need when you need it. When I go to my parents' house, one of the things, one of the first things I do is go to their pantry and see what's up. Even though I haven't lived with them for over 16 years, I still have full access to that pantry. Now, there was a season where they were both on a low-carb kick, and all you could find was pork skins. That was disappointing. Well, that didn't last very long. But, oh, buddy, when it's fully stocked, it has everything I need and everything I don't. (laughs) It's good stuff. And without even asking, I open that pantry, and I partake of anything my heart desires. It would be rude to do this anywhere else. Rude. But since it's my parents' house, they're pleased that I'm enjoying what they have provided. My mom's just over there smiling while I eat her snacks. Now if I could just get Beth to do the same thing when I eat her snacks. But the Lord knows that ain't ever going to happen. Beth don't even share with the kids. She's like, get your hands off that. Can I have a bite, mommy? No. Go get your own. Are you amening back there? Oh, that's how Michelle is. You too, huh? Man. Serious about their food. (laughs) Am I safe when I get home today, babe? Okay. She's wearing her forgiveness today, so we're good. Ha <laughs> Y'all remember what First John 3, 2 said? You remember how it started? Here's what it said. Dear friends, we are already God's children. Let's go into our heavenly Father's house. Open up that fully stocked pantry and partake of anything we need. He's got the finances. He's got the people. He's got the healing. He's got the miracles. He's got it all. Reach in and grab what you need when you need it. And here's the best part. As God watches us partake in what he's provided, he grins from ear to ear. It brings him great joy and pleasure when we access what he has already provided. Man, that was good, wasn't it? Help us get God's word out to everyone who needs it by partnering with us financially. Your generous giving is what enables us to make a difference for the kingdom of God. Visit nolimits.fyi to give securely online. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss a message. And thanks again for listening. Now let's go make a difference.